Oh, snap! The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, hello, raw feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffat, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business, and we're friends like my friend, Dr. Andy. Well, we don't let friends feed kibble now, do we, Dr. Andy? No, we do not. Good morning, why? everyone. Why? why don't we? Yeah, why? Come on, why? Why? Because it's processed and full of carbohydrates, and it mm. causes chronic inflammation and chronic disease in our animals. But that's not what your vet says. I know. Why? I don't get it. You know, I, I was talking to somebody the other day and they, they, they are, have been a long-term customer and they said, you know, our vet doesn't, he doesn't poo poo it. He just says he hasn't really um, done a lot of research on it. So he doesn't want my dog to get, you know, high levels of bacteria. And I said, well, maybe he ought to do some research on it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Listen to a podcast. Come on. You know what? I think if you can say this, Dr. Andy, I haven't researched it, so I can't really talk about it. You know, you don't ever have to admit that what you are doing isn't working. Right? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, yeah. And And you can still then tell them that they're wrong. Right. I mean, you can still be a part of the gang. You can still be a part of the group and be accepted within your profession. Because if we've seen one thing in the last three years, it is that if you step out of line, you will be annihilated. Your business, your um, reputation, your livelihood can be ruined. Now, that's scary. That's scary, right? That is scary. Mm-hmm. However, what happens? What what is that what does that look like if we all just kowtow down and say, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna look, I'm not gonna say anything, you know. And, right? And That's the, called the communism. They, is that right, communism? I'm like the days win, right? <laughs> right. And then we're like, how do you like living in that society? Mm-hmm. Being told what to think and do and eat and go and spend. The they's would like that a lot. Mm-hmm. And we keep getting a little closer and closer. You know, I, I keep thinking back uh, about how difficult it was in in the when, when COVID very first came out, right? And I literally had someone at a come and go. Okay, I pulled into a come and go. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, you know, wasn't going to wear a mask to check out. And and the woman at the come and go, I should say girl, got out from behind the counter and got in my face. She was about to hit me hmm. because I didn't have a mask on. Right. And well, I look. Emotions were running high. I look back at that insanity. Mm-hmm. It was total insanity where people felt like they had the right to inflict pain on other people. I remember the people on TV saying all of those people that aren't taking the vaccine should be shunned, should be shunned from society. 
you know, the Don Lemons, the yeah. CNN guys and all that kind of stuff. And I wonder, Absolutely. I wonder if they look back today, like many of our pet parents look back on when they thought that uh, kibble and all of the other standard things were good for their dogs. I wonder if they look back like our pet parents do and say, I feel terrible because our pet parents do say that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder if they do feel terrible. And then there are only the strong few that come out and say, hey, I was wrong. Right. Uh, Who is that? Have I heard anybody say that? Well, Dr. Mahalota, he is one. Right. He's one. Yeah. And I think there there is some that I've heard in podcasts, you know, just in general on things go, I was wrong. Um, Well, Bear Giles just wrote recently, he's so sorry he told people to eat a vegan diet. Oh really? Yeah. What yeah. what was his what was his reasoning for saying um I don't remember the rest of it. Sean just told me, my husband told me that. Um, but he no longer eating that way either. And his health was not great. So there are a few. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I know the human psyche is we will do anything to not be wrong. It's really or change our beliefs. I wrote well, the about beliefs the... of the group, right? Our mm-hmm. brain wants us to fit in and belong. And that is, you know, safe. That's, you know, that's what our brain is designed for. So yeah, we, we don't want to be wrong. We don't want to be ostracized. We don't want to be shunned. Well, here, here's the other thing about beliefs. I think I wrote about this in my book, uh, See New Achievable Possibilities. But the thing about beliefs is that it's part of our identity. Okay, it's part of our identity. So if we change our beliefs, we change our identity. And to change your identity is frightening. You're like, gotta if I change my belief, I'm not sure who I will be. Yep. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So it uh there there's a lot to it. And the powers that be understand how the brain is structured. They understand how we are structured and use that against us in a lot of ways. And we see it in the pet food industry. Right. So they use the buzzwords on the front of the bags. They'll say what's not in there, but they don't say what is in there. Right. So no soy, no corn sounds great. But then when you turn it over and you look at the actual ingredients or the inactive ingredients, it's just a bunch of sphincter food. <laughs> yes. It's still sphincter food. Yes. Right. Yes. And so, um, so this is what we have to do. Even my family members, right? So I'm like, you guys got to be smarter than the front of the bag. Don't pay attention. Don't pay attention. Look on the back of the bag. Yes. And and my cousin did ask me last night because um, she has a little Yorkie that has a mass in the liver. He's nine. Okay. So she has been actively... Um, Clearing out the system, right? Getting off the prescription diet, getting off the flea and tick and the heartworm. We are going to talk about ticks today. And she has, is up in New York on the island. So it's very frightening for some of those folks, right? Mm-hmm. Lyme disease. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But um, she asked me, she goes, well, so what's wrong with tocopherols? What's wrong with tocopherols? And I said, well, here's the thing. Tocopherols are basically preservatives, right? And they're a mixture of different vitamin E's and all this different type of stuff. That's all good when it's in its real form, in its real food form. But the thing about a lot of these uh, chewables, like it's a dasiquin. So it was at dasiquin advanced and it was in a bag. And if you look at all the inactive ingredients, it's super duper long, right? 
And I said, here's the thing. A lot of these preservatives and additives and all of that kind of stuff are made in another country. And then they're shipped back over here and allowed to say that they're made in the USA if, in fact, they are just mixed in a different way here. There are no bodies that regulate that, really. And they're in a synthetic form. And if we have something going on in the liver, right? A mass in the liver, that organ that is processing toxins out, we want to make sure that we don't put any more toxins in or stress the liver, right? We want to try to clear that out so that we can get out of the way so that the body can do what it needs to do if it can, right? If it can, yeah. And I call it, you need to tighten it up. We need, you know, you can't be anything with, you know, a hand, you know, like a paragraph of ingredients, Mm-hmm. I don't care what it's for. It's not going in right now. Your, your animal is compromised. All of that has to go through the liver. And, and we know we have a liver issue. So that, that liver is already working really, really hard. Yeah. Tighten that up and you got to get it down to your single ingredients, your meat bone organ, your single ingredient treats if you have to, um, and, and really get really clear on what you're feeding. You know, Dr. Jason texted me last night and she said, I just saw a patient five months old with oral cancer. And she said, I swear, (laughs) you know, I'm seeing younger, 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 younger dogs get cancer. Five months with oral cancer. So you have to say what what happened in those five months? Oh, I will be what happened to mom? What happened to grandma? This is generational at this point. We are weaker every generation because the babies all get mom's mitochondria and they get mom's microbiome or not if they're C-section. And if mom is depleted, um, over-vaccinated, over-treated, kibble-fed off the streets, you know, who knows what the history is. Um, That goes... And when mom's pregnant with the fetus, that the body will actually throw the toxins into the fetus. Right. Because it wants it out of the body. It's detoxing the body. Let's just shove it over here so we don't have to deal with it. And we'll put toxins into the fetuses. So when you see that at five months, I mean, that's just the beginning. What has, what happened prior to that? Um, Before that puppy hit the ground, what happened to mom prior to that? Yeah, so this feeds into um, what we're going to talk about today. And in your last email, you said, I found a tick. (laughs) Right. And 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 here's the thing. I mean, we're we're in tick season, right? Some people here in Colorado, uh, obviously you, but up here in the mountains as well. You know, we're finding some ticks. So what you were talking about is if we have a generation of vaccinated flea and tick, heartworm, all of that kind of stuff, all of these toxins that are in our lines, I mean, it's going to compromise. It's going to compromise our, our puppies. It's going to compromise the next generation. Now, yeah. it's sort of like a catch-22, right, Dr. Andy? So you get these ticks. We are extremely... Um, aware of Lyme disease. Why? Because they push that all the time, right? Yes. Uh, but I think in your research that you did, 
Uh, maybe we don't have to worry as much. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But let me ask you this. When you found the tick uh, and who'd you find the tick on? Um, a client. It was a client dog. Oh, it a was, client dog. It wasn't even yeah. one of your dogs. No, it okay. wasn't one of my dogs. Nope. It was a client dog. I was just feeling them up like I usually do. And it was sitting. <laughs> right Shame along on the, you. I know, right? I don't even buy him dinner first. Um, <laughs> and it was sitting along the collar line. And that's and I have found some over the years. And that's usually where they like to hang out. I wonder why. Because it's extra warm. I don't know, actually. Oh. So how did, well, first of all, let me ask you this. Was this particular dog that you found the tick on as you were filling them up? Uh, was the, um, was this dog on flea tick? No. Okay. No. Well, no. that's good. Yes. It, it's a, it's a short haired lab mix of a sort of a dog. So not even a lot of hair to hide it per se. Um, no, she is. I would like to say 80% raw fed mom still loves to throw kibble in there for whatever reason she has for every time she tries to justify it to me, but no, no flea and tick minimally vaccinated. Um, and, uh, no, no heartworm that I'm aware of preventative. Gotcha. Um, All right. She lives in a household with four dogs and she's the only one that had a tick. Um, but she, this was the interesting part and we can get into the cofactors or the comorbidities or what else is underlying, right. Which you kind of alluded to, um, she may be pregnant. She, the mom, the, she, the, the dog. dog. Oh, the dog. She, the dog. Okay. And so, I mean, can we see that as also a cofactor? Cause it's a stress on the system. Okay. Gotcha. Which so, is what it's just interesting. That's all that is. It's interesting information. Right. Um, yeah. All right. So, so what, how did the pet parent react? She was she, cool. She was cool with it. Yes. Yeah, well, not with it, but she kept her calm and I'm like, and I'm grabbing it. I grabbed the body and I'm like, okay, you got any essential oils? This is my favorite trick, honestly, people. And you and she's like, I have peppermint. So drop some peppermint on it. And the little tick just backs out. Did he? Yeah, just backed right out. I just held on to it. I, I would have preferred some tweezers, but we got it done. Um, and threw it in a baggie. She got a baggie and she got essential oil. So um, and I kept getting um updates. The thing was still alive in the bag six days later. Um <laughs> so gross. <laughs> like, how does it live? Um, and then she was actually sending it off. You can have the tech the ticks evaluated. Where in the world do you get a tick evaluated? Um, one was in Pennsylvania and I don't know where the other one, both links were in the email that I sent out. Um, I do want to get a post up on animal magic, um, care Facebook page with the links, but you can get the tick evaluated because that's the problem with freaking out about Lyme disease is for yourself or your animals is okay. I had a tick on me. But now what do I have Lyme disease? Do I, you know, that bullseye rash thing that rarely actually ever happens. <laughs> um, am I going to see that? Am I going to see that on my animal? I, do I, how do I treat this? Do we treat it before symptoms show up? You know, yada, yada, yada. I think this is a great, I don't know what it cost or, or anything like that, but it's a great way to know, oh yeah, this bug had, did not have Lyme disease or Borrelia um, in it. So, okay, good. My dog was not exposed, but then even if 
we then, okay, yeah, the tick had this, does it, and your dog was exposed, still does not mean your dog will get Lyme disease. Right. Now, a lot of people will jump to conclusions, and we're going to help you not jump so far to a conclusion today, but many of the signs of Lyme disease, Dr. Andy, look like other things, okay? So, for instance, in your email, you said, here are some of the symptoms of Lyme disease. However, I would say that we will see this in some other things, like fatigue, fever, um, uh, depression, loss of appetite, The other things that I think are more telling maybe are pain in the legs, uh, swollen joints that are warm to the touch, uh, reluctance to move or a painful gait, right? And then the swollen lymph nodes. Now, would you say that some of those symptoms could also be associated with, you know, maybe a back that's not, that's out, Right. And you've got an outback right now. Um, I do. Uh, um, how do you adjust if your back is out? Well, that's why I've been struggling this week and unfortunately taking ugly pain meds, but you know, got to get through the week. And I've been to the chiropractor two times. You a smart lady, smart lady. Uh, and ice and heat, like all the things we talk about, I have done. Right, right. And I asked you, <laughs> I asked you how, how you threw your back out and you were like, yeah, I was just, you know, doing nothing. But I was you're... doing nothing. I was picking up literally my protein powder out of the bottom shelf. Yeah. But you know what? Look, you're using your back every day. So it's not like yeah. you're doing nothing. But it's also like we talked about, it's not the big fancy story. It's the last little thing, right? That, yeah, right. Tipped you over the edge. Mm-hmm. Well, we hope that you're feeling better soon. Yes, me too. Okay. So, um, the, 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 some of these symptoms look like when a back is out of, uh, out of kilter, don't you think? Very much so. And, you know, am I, are we starting chiropractic care sometimes and we're and I'm adjusting a dog that may have Lyme disease. I'm sure that has happened. I know it actually has, um, what you don't generally get, um, when it's chiropractic is really these swollen joints. And the other kicker that I've noticed, and it's only been a handful of dogs, is um, the, the, the lameness will kind of switch joints too. Like the elbow will be hot one day, and then maybe a few days later, the knee's hot, or now the back is bothering them. It kind of does a little bit of a roving response kind of a thing. And that's not, that's like red flags in my world. Like that's not, chiropractic per se. I mean, I always adjust them because there's no contraindication to getting adjusted and then send them to the vet and maybe discuss here in Colorado are, we don't have a lot of Lyme disease in our deer ticks. We just don't have it. It's not as prevalent as it is back East. Um, and then I would even ask, you know, have you been back there? Have you, you know, did the dog come from Minnesota, you know, Virginia, Maine, right? Like wherever you are back east, right? Did you get the puppy from them eight months ago, two years ago, you know, whatever. And I do know the Lyme disease can be passed on to the fetus too. So you have to be aware of that if you're getting your puppy from back east. Okay. So here's some of the things that you put in here about the Northeast. Um, it is believed that 50% of adult ticks, adult ticks, carry Lyme disease. 
okay, in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. While adult ticks can carry Lyme disease, they're less likely to pass it on to their host. And the reason is because they're larger ticks and they're easier to detect within the first 24 to 36 hours, okay? And those bigger ticks, if you get them off, you know, you put a little peppermint oil on their on their sphincter area right there, <laughs> now they'll back on out and they'll say, what the heck, my butt's on fire. Mm-hmm, pretty much. Right? And um, so that is good news that you can um, find them within 24 to 36 hours. They also say that those adult ticks, they prefer taller vegetation, right? And they're usually seen in three feet off the ground on higher grasses or leaves. Um, So that's good that you're able to see them. So if your dog's out running around, you can run your hands through their body to see if there's a tick on them. Um, and so that's really cool. I mean, if, if there is any kind of coolness to ticks, obviously that ticks are in the world. They, they must serve a purpose somewhere. They we... they must, they're part of <laughs> the system. I, I don't know. I mean, everything serves a purpose, everything. Right. I, I, I can't tell you what that is particularly, but I know like other things eat them. So they're also food. Like chickens like to eat them. Well, they're full of blood, aren't they? I mean, like. Well, somebody... that's what that's what they want to get out of your dog is the blood. Right. So when they land, they're much smaller. And then they'll, they'll get engorged and bigger and bigger and bigger as they feed off your self, out of, off of you and your animal. Yeah. Yeah. Now there is a, uh, we'll talk a little bit about it, but there there's a reason that you want to get them off within 24 to 36 hours. Uh, because they can't, uh, how, how do you say this, Dr. Andy? Basically, they're not going to uh, put the 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 junk in your dog. Yes. The quicker you get them off, the less chance they have of transferring the, 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 the Borrelia, the Lyme disease bug to your dog. So, I mean, if they land and you get them right off and they don't attach, there's, they, they did not transfer anything. Right. And sometimes you can just get them off your animal. They're not attached, right? They're still just in the hair or whatever. They're not attached. They're not transferring anything. Um, And so, and you can kind of tell how long maybe they've even been there by how engorged they are. This one that I pulled off hadn't gotten very busy at all. Maybe even been, you know, maybe that afternoon or whatever that morning. You know, we have, uh, I got to get them up on the site. Uh, we have these things called tick keys. Well, they're not tick keys. It's like a rake. And basically there's three different sizes. Um, and you put that as far up around, you know, the body of the dog in between you and the tick, right? Mm-hmm. And you want to pull back very slowly. And I would say add that um, peppermint essential oil, uh, something like that, so you can get them to back out. Now, yeah. what I've heard is that you you don't want to, um, or or Dr. Andy, I've also heard this that you can just take that rake, slowly pull back without even um, causing the tick to back out itself. And here's why: yeah. 
um, because they say, for instance, if you were to take a lighter, and I don't know if essential oil is the same way, but they say if you do something like that, then you can cause the tick to, for lack of a better term, vomit into the dog and cause this, you know, this, this, uh, that transference, the transference. So I don't really know. I would have to, I've never, yeah, I don't know. you know, I'd have to do a little more research on that, but that is, that is one of the things that they do say. So, uh, we have the flea flicker. All right. We're going to talk about the reasons the co-infections, is that what it's called? Co-infection. Yeah, uh, comorbidity, co-factors, co-infection. Oh, co- yeah. yeah. Uh, about why they say that um, uh, there's reasons that some dogs get it more than others. Mm-hmm. But we have the flea flicker, which is an essential oil for dogs. Now, let yeah. me say this. There are some essential oils out there that are dangerous to dogs, that burn their skin. So you guys, before you start using essential oils, let's let's make sure that it's safe. Okay, that it's if it needs to be diluted, that it's diluted. Um, and most of these essential oils need to be applied frequently. So we have what is called the flea flicker um, that we spray on the dogs before they go out. It's just a mist. Then also we have the little rake and then we have lime blaster. So that three-step process would be spray the dog if you get a tick, take the rake, pull it out gently, and then apply to that place where you have pulled it out uh, the lime blaster, okay? That is what we currently have. Um, All right, so let's talk about these co-infections, comorbidities. What'd you find that some of these dogs um, and even what we're doing in the traditional way may be subjecting your dog to getting Lyme disease. Right. Right. It, it's ugh. so if you are of conventional mind and you're doing flea and tick preventative, you're doing heartworm preventative, you're following the regular scheduled vaccination program. All of those could be considered comorbidities, cofactors to dampening or that immune system is going to take a hit with all of those products. All of that makes the immune system not work as well, which then allows for the possibility of being more attractive to ticks and maybe even not handling the exposure to Lyme disease and having your dog get sick. So it's almost like the opposite of what people think they're doing out there in the world. You know, I'm, I'm preventing all of this. I'm doing all my preventatives. I'm doing everything my vet's telling me to do, and I'm actually making the immune system not work as well as it should. And then it could then allow for this to occur at a greater rate. Um, so any kind of underlying stress on the immune system, which is all your preventatives, which is all your vaccines. We all know every time your, your animal's vaccinated, you do get an inflammatory response. Um, inflammation is the basis of all chronic disease. Um, And so, you know, what meds are they on regularly? That may, that if you're on an immunosuppressive, you got to be a little more aware of your animal and being out in a tick area. 
Um, and these are things you need to consider because the, the immune system, when your dog is eating a raw species appropriate diet, you are educating yourself and not or minimally vaccinating when you're using other supportive things to the system instead of the chemical pharmaceutical preventatives. Um, that immune system is going to be able to handle any kind of exposure much, much better and can handle some things that, that you know, our conventionally treated animals on a processed food is not going to be able to handle. Dr. Ray Rao, I don't know how you say his name, R-A-U. So he discovered that certain vaccines were cofactors for the Lyme disease. Okay. And that included the tick-borne encephalitis vaccine. Now, if if you were to ask a vet or something uh, about this, they would they probably would say, "Well, there's really no uh, research out there that shows this." So what he's he's saying in this is say that um, they have only conducted the research on the human population as to whether the Lyme vaccine is a cofactor. Okay, um, they used Limericks, uh, a human Lyme disease vaccine. Here's the interesting part. This vaccine was only used for 18 months between 1998 and 2000. After that, they pulled it off the market due to serious adverse events. And because the vaccine may have caused Lyme-like arthritis. And they have not developed a new Lyme vaccine for humans since. In this article, it says, did you catch that? <laughs> yes, did you? Did you catch that? They pulled the human Lyme vaccine from the market because of safety concerns. Yet vaccinations for Lyme disease is still recommended for the dogs. And they said evidence is mounting that this could uh, be uh, the vaccine that acts as the cofactor you were talking about, which allows Lyme to progress from flu-like symptoms into a debilitating disease. Now, Dr. Andy, they go on in here in this article and they talk about the percentages, right? Right. They say, so I, I'm always going to play the odds. I'm always going to play the odds. Mm-hmm. Like leptospirosis, right? So I live up here in the mountains and, you know, they scare all of our Denver people that are hardly ever in the mountains that if their dog sniffs the pee of an infected animal, then they could get lepto. And of course, if they get lepto, they could die. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's all true. But but the question is really, what is the DNA um, of... Um, the animal that is peeing, and what is the bacteria uh, of that lepto, right. um, and what's in the vaccine? See, we don't go far enough. No. Do do they even correlate? Do they even work? Does it even protect you? It's like the dadgum flu shot. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Especially with lepto, because there's so many, so many, so many strains of different leptospirosis. There's yeah. so many, the vaccine doesn't cover them all. And out of the many, many strains, I believe there's only five that are actually deadly. So again, playing the odds. So in this article, it says, 
just exactly what you said. The more toxic your dog is, the more likely he will be to suffer an exaggerated response to Lyme disease. But the research shows 95% of dogs bitten by a tick are likely to have no symptoms or mild flu-like symptoms. And for those 5% of dogs who get really sick, he says, how can you blame the tick when the other 95% of the dogs do fine? Hmm. That paragraph made me feel a lot better. Right? Right. And it should make our your listeners feel a lot better about this, especially the listeners you have that are already doing all the things. Yeah. And the, it, it, he says, look, bacteria and parasites, and, and we've talked about this a lot, only prey on weak animals and those animals that have a healthy immune system is is exactly what you said earlier is exactly what separates the five percent of the dogs with Lyme disease from the healthy 95 percent and that that you know a lot of people get very confused about how do I keep my dog healthy how do I stay healthy we say this all the time it's not that it's not that hard You've got to keep the crap out of the body. The The healthier you are, the healthier your pets are, the longer that they're going to stay healthy and the less likely that they're going to have all these scary boogeyman things that are out there. Yeah. So he said, here's some tips. Here's some tips to help bolster your dog's immune system. He says, feed them kibble. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? No, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Feed them kibble. Mm-hmm. Well, because I, I mean, seriously, Doctor Andy, that is what the vets are saying. Mm-hmm. You want to keep your dog healthy? Let's give them a uh, Royal Canin and Hills. Right. Yep. Is it, does that make any sense? And then on top of that, Doctor Andy, let's give them an immune suppressant. Mm-hmm. How about a lepto vaccine? Can we add a rabies to that? Let's do them all at one time. Yeah. All of them. Do, do you know, uh, I, I got an email from uh, someone who was sort of desperate. They said, you know, I left my dog with my dad and something was going on. And so the dad took the dog into the vet while they were out of town. And the record said that this dog was due, was due for, you know, all the stuff. So this dog got another dose of the rabies and everything else that they felt that the dog needed. Come to find out the records were just wrong. That dog had already had those injections a month earlier. Mm. That can be rough on the system. Yeah. 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 So they say, look, you want to help bolster your dog's immune system. You got to feed a fresh whole food species appropriate diet. What does that mean? means raw. Does that mean um, farmer's dog, Andy's favorite? No, it doesn't. No, it does not. No, no, no. (laughs) Uh, The other thing they say is avoid any and all unnecessary vaccines. And then in parentheses, it says most of which are (laughs) unnecessary. Mm. They stop short of just saying, don't do it. Um, And then they say, um, you know, avoid the toxic heartworm flea and tick wherever possible. And, and again, you gotta, you gotta look at what are the odds? Yes. And I'm sorry, those aren't good odds, Dr. Andy. 
No. And, and this article was written with the slant of being back East, right? This is where they did all the research and the studies. This isn't even where we live. So uh, yeah, play the odds people. And it says, you know, work with a holistic vet or work with somebody like Dr. Andy who can help you replace any conventional drugs, vaccines, medications, you know, and, 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 you know, choose natural options that aren't going to harm the immune system. It says it's time to stop fearing Lyme disease and see it for what it is. It's a signal that there's already something wrong with your dog, meaning, all right, you know, maybe the immune system needs to be boosted, right? We need to boost the immune system. We need to clear out the system. Maybe we want to do a liver detox, you know, uh, something something like that. So, yeah, there you go, folks. It's flea and tick season. And, um, I, you know, we're we're watching one of our neighbor's dogs right now, and she has one of those amber collars on. Yeah. And have I you, have you worked with them? I haven't worked with them. I haven't worked with them. I will say this, um, and I'm not sure where she got this amber collar. For those of you listening, amber is a stone, right? It's a it's a natural stone, and it's supposed to help, um, you know, deflect any kind of pest. And she actually got it because she found a tick on her dog. Um, now this is a doodle, and doodles you can find them super easy. You know, they're hair is easy to find. Um, but she put this amber collar on it. I will say this. Uh, I've been kind of watching her as we have her and she's scratching at her neck. Mm. The The amber on this collar is very rough. It's not like a, because it, it's almost in its natural form. Like it's not polished or anything. Okay. Now, I don't know Irritating. if that's, it could be, you know, because it could be pulling her hair a little bit. Um, I don't really know. I've just something that I have have noticed. The other thing that she does um, is she does give um, an eighth of a teaspoon of garlic a day. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. the question is, uh, I was talking with Brian about this the other day, and this is a ground garlic, it's sort of in a in a powder form. And uh, some people say, listen, you in order to make the garlic really work, you want to make sure it's a fresh clove and you squeeze that and give it within a short amount of time. I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> I have no idea. So I have another dog on my table, she's feeding him garlic. I don't know what kind. And she doubled it up in his because she moved him to OMAD one meal a day. And his farts were so bad. <laughs> you so, know, that is I'm true. Like, I'm like, oh, what happened here? Yeah. <laughs> he's raw fed. Um, she's like, oh, it might be the garlic. I'm like, I'm thinking, wow. Yeah, that so. is true. I've heard that a lot, that dogs that uh, eat the garlic get farty. And so I'm thinking if they're getting farty, it's too much garlic. Yeah. And it's, it's disrupting the digestive system. Mm-hmm. Dogs should not be farty. People. No, I thought that I, I thought that garlic removed the odor of farts. See, this was a maybe. This oh. is a a wives' tale. Maybe because, <laughs> or I don't know. Don't know. I have not done that with my animals either. I do a, a lot of you know misting with the essential oils before we go out. Um, 
but yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know that I've, I've every now and then I'll find a tick. doesn't freak me out though. doesn't freak me out. So I haven't actually found any on mine. I think, I think that once we get freaked out, we make bad decisions. So we're going to try to keep the freak out level mm -hmm. very low folks. And, yes. uh, all it takes is a little research and, and some good people on your team like Dr. Andy. And you can find Dr. Andy at animalmagiccare.com um, and also her YouTube lives every Tuesday night over at YouTube. And that's Dr. Andy's World, A-N-D-I, Dr. Andy's World. Uh, you can get a consult with Dr. Andy whether that is for your cat or your dog, you want her to look at some records, you want to get on Zoom, let her watch your dog walk, yes, <laughs> you know, you can do that too. That you can do that. Do real well with videos. Yep. Yeah. And uh, get a second opinion, right? Because um, our team is always going to look at it from a holistic, a holistic perspective. How do we clean the system up so the system can help itself? Not what drugs can I put in it to mask the problem? Okay, that's the big difference. So get over to animalmagiccare.com. Get over to rawdogfoodandcompany.com to get your dog on a species-appropriate diet. We have the food, we have the bones, we have the treats, and we have whole food supplements right there. And we ship eh, just darn near everywhere. So uh, get over. Oh, we'll, cool. Yeah, we'll help you. We will help you get your dog as clean as possible. Get over to rawdogfoodandcompany.com where your pet's health is our business. And what, Dr. Andy? Friends don't let friends feed kibble. That is exactly right. We'll see you soon, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap. Ha <laughs>